electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Coming off five straight record closes for the S&P, but once again, futures indicate a soft open as Home Depot underwhelms. Uh, Walmart's solid, but U.S. retail sales data does suggest the Delta variant may be impacting the consumer. Our roadmap begins with a pair of Dow retailers reporting results. Home Depot and Walmart moving in opposite directions. We'll explain why. Plus, the U.S. to advise boosters for most Americans Eight months after vaccination, we'll discuss it. And the big shorts, Michael Burry, revealing a big bet against Kathy Wood. Got details on that. So, Jim, you've been all over Twitter this morning saying those who are nitpicking on Walmart, at least, are involved in a farce. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) uh, my child just owns Walmart. Uh, I was looking for a number that was dramatically lower than this uh, on almost every single one, uh, including gross margin complaints. But when the stock comes out, the, the report comes out, the stock immediately dives. Now, what's interesting is, is that you didn't even have enough information to make that judgment. But immediately people start saying, wait a second, it's down. It's the online business. But then I look at the online business. I think you could say it's better than, than Amazon. It's down. Well, the comp store sales aren't as uh, big a blowout. Well, the comp store sales are just a gigantic blowout. Well, then what happens? It goes higher. <laughs> you know I mean, so you know, people who first wave really got to explain this. To people, people who look first wave, a lot of things are determined by the futures, which often is determined by Europe. Which, by the way, when Europe closed yesterday, we rallied. Uh, Europe is, I think, more of an epicenter of problems than uh, other than the UK uh, with with any sort with with traditional COVID, let alone Delta. So this is the opposite of Home Depot. I, I really expected Home Depot to do better. Uh, and Home Depot looks like, well, wait a second. That was a great thing that it had going. And maybe we're uh, done. Maybe the fantastic numbers that we expected are now finished. Now, Home Depot does a lot of really smart things on the conference call. And Home Depot, by the way, just so we know, it, it's doing it, it, 5.61 was the estimate. They did 4.5. Yeah. So we can say wait, that's a dramatic slowdown. What I would just tend to say is that it's not as good as others. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, revenue was well ahead, uh, but the gross margins missed. Uh, Mike Wilson and Morgan Stanley even mentioned inventories, Jim, a little bit, you know, I wouldn't say bloated, but running ahead of sales. Um, I don't want to I, I know Mike is I think he's kind of a tinge too negative. Uh, I know Home Depot really well. And I think that what Home Depot had was that they had some inventory that they paid a lot for. Yep. I mean, let's not forget where lumber was. Yep. I mean, I, I went to a bunch of Home Depots this quarter, and I think that in many cases, Home Depot didn't have the inventory that was necessary uh, because appliances. You know, if you go talk to, uh, I, I've spent a lot of time to, talking to people like Whirlpool. It, you know, they, they just can't make them. So when you go, and we'll find this from Lowe's. I think Lowe's may have a better inventory number. Lowe's starting from a little bit different position. Marvin Ellison, I think is. Uh, I think we're going to find that Marvin Ellison 
did a little better than Home Depot. Uh, I, I don't, but I don't think that these numbers are bad. It's just that we've come to think that Home Depot has gone from it was going from 150 to 330. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, know, come on. Yeah, yeah, of course. 150 to 330. What do we expect of companies? It's almost unfair. It's like it's like Home Depot does not. Home Depot's won seven straight games. They lost a game. Okay, so like, wait, come on, give them a break. And that's how I feel about Home Depot. Right. It's been an unbelievable earner. Uh, I don't mean earner like the way in Sopranos. I mean it's just done really. It's done really, really yes, well. It yes, it and, has. and it's been a great run, so there are people taking profits. Um, and then there's the, the macro data, uh, retail sales uh, debt for July, down 1-1, which was kind of in line with what J.P. Morgan yesterday yeah. said. They argued that Delta is making the consumer more cautious on the margin. Uh, definitely. No question I, about that. No, I mean, I do think that Dr. Gottlieb, my regard is true north, it keeps talking about th- this peak that's coming. But I come back to the idea that, uh, the fifth column in this country, your kids that go to school, come back, uh, and we're not vaccinated. It's not like you come back and it's like, yeah, they have chicken pox and you get chicken pox. I mean, Delta obviously is something that makes it so that even the president has to say, let's get some boosters going. Because the, the uh, Pfizer was at 55% for people 65 and over, over in Israel. Now, that study has been, uh, been called into question, but at the same time, uh, when you go to try to get the third bo- the booster right now, you're doing it illegally. And I think people have to understand that if you go and you say, listen, I've only had one, well, that's fine. Uh, you can do that. Honest people don't do that. Right. But a million people, I think, by some estimates, have done exactly that, which is exactly. kind of bananas. Uh, to Jim's point, uh, the White House reportedly now planning to recommend that most people in the United States get a booster eight months after their second dose. Uh, that guidance would only apply to two-shot regimens from Pfizer and Moderna, would take effect as early as mid-September. Some argue this morning, Jim, that that is one of the most negative pieces of news because of the challenge it was to simply get two shots into people. How are we going to do this again and again? Uh, I think a lot of people who have the shot want more shots. And I think so. It's, it's a little bit flipped. I think that uh, it may be hard. To, I think that once you buy in to the shot, you're all in the You think shot. so? Yeah. You wouldn't, so no degradation in vaccination rates? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, mean, I, I think that the people who are against it, against the shots, are ideologically against it, saying you know, live free and die, and, which is a little twist, by the way, for those who have that view. And uh, those who are for it are saying, you know what? Hey, if it takes more to be immunized, bring it on. So I think the, 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 the divide is among people who are comfortable with the shot and people who just say, I'm never taking the shot. Right. So you don't believe there's a large contingent of those who were kind of on the fence but were talked into it in the first rounds? That's a really good question. I was dealing with uh, my doctor, Dr. Lepuk, he's the CBS doctor, and we were talking about the notion of how many uh, people in his practice and around his practice, and he's CBS, so he's got a lot of different uh, input uh, input says, hey, listen, can we please get it? We really want it. And this is the plus 65 in the eight month. I mean, I had my antigens, you know, see it, my antibodies. He's like, ah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we don't really, we're in uncharted territory. But we do know uh, every one of these, like Dr. Tope, my guard is being really serious, heavyweight, saying you got to get this. If you get it, then you almost have no chance of getting these. And I would love to minimize that. Uh, the CDC and the FDA, uh, they're remarkable. They're remarkable in their lack of any sort of leadership role that they play. CDC, FDA, Kabul. 
uh, if any institution is uh, seen, their their reputation's dinged. But remember, we gave Walensky a hard time about quote impending doom. Yes, I mean that did that did presage but, Delta. But the but the the hospitalizations, yes, but the deaths, no. Yeah. I also think that we don't want people to scare us. I think people we want reason and we want logic. Uh, and we'll, we, when we get that and we're confronted with it, we'll say, you know, we're going to make a good judgment. But when you scare us, I think there are people who question the, their credibility. Right. Um, as for the drug makers themselves, the, the Pfizer, Moderna, I mean, this is turning into a bit of an annuity business, don't you think? Well, there had been a big question about whether Pfizer could have a good 2022, literally, and 2023, terrible. Now we're suddenly looking at it and saying, well, that... You know, you got to buy it. Let's give it a much higher multiple. Now, it's funny. Lilly gets the highest multiple because they have something for Alzheimer's and everybody's afraid of Alzheimer's. But this is it is. I, I like the concept of the annuity until they fill their uh, their patent cliff. But what they should be doing at Pfizer, I've told it to them, so I'll say it to everybody, is this is when you buy somebody. Right now is when you buy a company because you're so flush with cash and no one's giving you any credit for the cash whatsoever. If you're Moderna, you went absolutely to start 10 trials of, uh, of personalized cancer vaccines right now, which are very expensive. Uh, it's a lot to digest this morning on both the booster front and the retail front. We're going to get to a lot of it uh, this morning. Futures, though, as we said, looking a little bit negative, although... Yesterday, we did officially double yeah. the March 2020 low, the fastest doubling for the S&P since World War II. Since World War II. <laughs> yes. But that's like when we, like, we found out we were going to win? <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, but for the time being, futures are weak, and a lot more Squawk on the Street continues from the NYSE in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back. The president defending his Afghanistan policy amid a mounting criticism of that withdrawal. NBC's Ali Ruzi has the latest. Ali, good morning. 
Good morning, Carl. Well, after those extraordinary scenes yesterday on the runway at Kabul airport, inundated with people running alongside moving military transport aircrafts as they prepared to take off, some clinging onto the side of the plane, and at least two people reported uh, died after they fell from the aircraft, uh, and U.S. troops having to fire and kill two Afghans who were part of a crowd who breached the airport um, in, in that mass exodus yesterday. Things seem to have normalized a little bit more today. Uh, after that melee yesterday, the U.S. suspended all evacuations from Kabul, including military ones. But as of this morning, they seem to have resumed. Uh, NATO's senior civilian representative to Afghanistan posted a video this morning showing the runway empty with American troops on the tarmac. He wrote uh, on Twitter that the, ru the, the runway is open. I see airplanes landing and taking off. Also last night, uh, Overnight flight tracking data showed a U.S. Marine Corps Hercules plane at the airport and later taking off for Qatar, which is, of course, home uh, to CENTCOM headquarters. So things seem to be normalizing so far as the evacuation is going. Other countries are also now sending their planes in, like Germany, to get their folks out of there. But it still remains a major gauntlet for Afghans trying to get out of the country and flee the Taliban. But Today, we've heard some minor conciliatory comments by the Taliban. Uh, they, they've been saying that they don't want women to be victims. They said that women should be part of the government structure in, in, in Afghanistan. But many people are very skeptical of those comments. They think they're hollow words while they're taking over the country just so functions can, everyday functions can work. Look, Carl, the Taliban have a terrible track record. Uh, they've never shown any sign of wanting to reform or become moderate. When they ran Afghanistan from 96 to 2001, they were one of the most brutal, ultra-conservative, oppressive regimes in modern history. Stonings, amputations, public executions in soccer stadiums were daily occurrences. Women had no rights. So their words uh, aren't going to be listened to. Their actions are going to be looked at very closely. Uh, Ali, it's a good reminder uh, and a good roundup of at least uh, early signs, hopefully, of stabilization, at least around the airport. Ali Aruzi of NBC. Ali, uh, thank you very much. Jim, I thought of you this morning because we talked about this a bit yesterday. Um, already Chinese state media is warning Taiwan, for example, about areas in which uh, the U.S., in their view, creates chaos. South China uh, Morning Post today. Anti-submarine aircraft, fighter jets, and warships by Chinese around Taiwan joint operations. Why? U.S. provocations. Now, we have to tell the truth here as opposed to the Chinese. I'll take a little page from Kyle Bass, who was guest previous. We're not doing anything offensively that, that anyone can really tell. But these are things that are just basically, you know what? Let's test the resolve of the United States because we just saw what happened in Afghanistan. And a lot of people are very concerned that, that we are, are oblivious in our stock market to what the Chinese see as a major opportunity against Taiwan. Now, what people have to recognize is the Taiwanese government is very anti-communist, and the companies themselves are very anti-communist. But wasn't Baidu? Wasn't Tencent? Uh, wasn't Alibaba? Weren't they capitalists? And they've all been slapped Sure. Chinese making a major move against capitalism here. Chinese possibly making a major move in terms of trying to squeeze Taiwan. Right. And more headlines today about online, for example, platform regulation trying to take out what they view as unfair competition as China underperforms for a second day now. Now, let's understand. We had this morning Walmart, okay? Uh, and we had Home Depot. Can you imagine 
if the Justice Department threw out a line today which just says, you know what, Walmart's crushing it. That's unjust. Well, you would say, wait a second, we're... But you can't do that. But that's exactly what's happened here, which is that Alibaba is basically being told you guys make too much money. That's a com. That's a beginning of what uh, let's just analogize to communism, to what Stalin said to to Ukraine. You guys are making too much money. And then the next, you know, boom. Now, I don't necessarily think that Alibaba is going to be they're going to jail anybody. But I do think that the notion of treating these companies as if they have a P.E., What's the price-to-earnings right. ratio of a company that's being told to make less money? Right. This uh, is not Bristol Myers. No, no. And, and one more reason that Gensler issued already his most direct warning to investors about investing in Chinese companies. I, I have to uh, take my hat off to, to, to the commissioner because what he's doing is he had a full plate, but he is just ticking them off. He's ticking them off. Now, the next, by the way, we're not even talking about Robin Hood. What has Robin Hood got going? I mean, I was reading, I don't know if you read Robin Hood's research. It's hysterical. I mean, it's like, I was thinking about it. It's like goldfish. It's like, you know, Pepper's Farms, Pepper's Farm goldfish. Uh, It is, uh, it's, it's hysterical. It has no rigor whatsoever, and it's slapped up. <laughs> um, well, one thing that has hopefully some rigor is some eco data. We got retail sales and IPs up. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Yes, a uh, big U-turn on weak retail sales. We have very strong industrial production up nine tenths one percent. That's almost double the expectations of up half of one percent. We did get a revision bringing last month from up four tenths to up two tenths. But this is the best number since March. Now, capacity utilization, a very big number, 76.1%. We leaped over into the 76 percentile handle. We haven't had one of those since February pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, 76.3 was the pre-COVID February, and that is the highest level since then. This is a very, very good set of data points for manufacturing, mining, resources. This will help yields hold yesterday's low yield, which we violated just a little bit down at 121 this morning. Use 1.25% in tens as a pivot. Market is trying, trying to hold. Equity markets might find something to bounce on on this data point. Carl, back to you. Rick, we'll find out in just a few moments. In fact, we'll count down to the opening bell. We'll get Kramer's mad dash as Jim and I check out a different room here on the floor, (laughs) shaking things up on this uh, August Tuesday. We're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Time now for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. I know you were looking forward to the Roblox print, Jim. Yes. Now, let's take uh, I do want to take the other side of the trade here. Uh, We knew uh, previously the stock got hit when it was in the high 80s because they had a bad month. All right. So the bad month is now incorporated in what we got today. But the good month is July. Now, you could say, wait a second, Jim, that July number is helped by Delta. Well, look, 
if Delta were gone, that would be a different thing. I mean, in, instead, we're all grabbing Binax, for heaven's sake. So I found that there was a daily average uh, not so bad. Uh, there's still... F- I don't like I don't mind 42 percent growth in daily average users outside the U.S., 46 percent growth in daily average users over the age of 13. So I think Roblox is here to stay. I think the stock's being punished a second time uh, without taking into account that uh, the last month was very good. So last month, very bad. bad stock goes down, get the quarter stock goes down again. No. Now we look at this forward month and this month is good. I'm not buying what they're selling when they're selling Roblox. Uh, Hours engaged up 13 year on year. And then discussion of the metaverse. We're going to oh. need to start. We're going to need an acronym of names oh, that man. are metaverse exposed. Unity Software is a metaverse. And you know, remember, I always think the metaverse is I walk into a room and there's like Beethoven, Brahms, and Bach are there. That's because I've got the something from NVIDIA. And we have a conversation about whether Stravinsky's any good. Now, you could also do like a conversation about various people on TikTok who are upset and Scarlett Johansson. I, that is not my, my world, my metaverse. But it is many people's metaphors. Yeah. Um, interesting. So uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Roblox after the break, perhaps. We'll see how it trades, although you can see it's weak in the pre-market. The opening bell is a few moments away, and more Squawk on the Street continues after this. Don't go anywhere. The purchase program is not nearly as effective now as it was as we were coming out of the financial crisis. And that is primarily because we're experiencing shortage of supplies of both labor and materials. And as a result, the interest-sensitive sector is not adding much to employment. What we're really seeing is the employment is coming from opening up of the economy. That's Boston Fed President Eric Rosengren. Yesterday on the closing bell, he also said that he expected the August jobs number to be strong enough to warrant an announcement about taper at the Fed meeting on September 22nd. Jim, I know all the Fed stuff, it's just not a priority for no, you right but now. I'll say, like, what's the hurry here? I mean, we just got a terrible retail sales number. Uh, it, it, when you go to a restaurant in uh, New York, you have to basically prove that you did something and it's for real. Uh, you have to prove vaccination. That's going to be impediment. When I when I talk to people who are in commerce, they're all just worried that everything is slowed down dramatically. Whether it be, uh, by the way, go talk to Southwest Air. We have we can have our now spirit. Yeah, spirit. So what's happening? Uh, Travel's being throttled back. Uh, We're all waiting to see when this is going to pass. And there's a guy from the Fed who says, listen, it's all systems go. I mean, it's all systems stop in some places. So <laughs> I find, I mean, I, I find, look, industrial production is, is lagging. Uh, retail sales is forward. And I really don't like to hear that there's something that has to be done before the unemployment benefits roll off. I mean, you have to. I mean, what is, look, I know that there are people who can come on air and say the Fed is behind. I have been trading stocks since 1979. I've never heard of the Fed ahead. Not even not even the great Paul Volcker, who was taking rates up like every 15 minutes. He was behind. So can we just say that what Jay Powell is trying to do is be sure? And there's nothing the matter with being sure. Why? Why, What's the hurry? We don't have any. Look at rates. I mean, rates are saying, you know what? There's no business being done. I had I have uh, United Wholesale Mortgage on tonight. Uh, and they're up against Rocket. They compete for mortgages, and they're not making much money. There is a short, shortage of housing. But if you raise rates, what will that do? Will it create more houses? No. They're trying to do. They're, 
given her all she got, uh, yes, we can look at so many things that are inflated. And there's no doubt about it. Let's take plastics. They're very inflated. But as we open plants, uh, the reopen plants from a terrible storm in Houston, prices peak. I have not heard from anyone in the plastic business saying we're either one month away from peak or we're peaking right now. We're peaking right now in semiconductors. Okay, that month that we just saw, we're peaking in autos. It wouldn't surprise me if they don't get if rates go up at all. We peaked in housing. Well, is that a win? I mean, when I listen to Rosewind, what is the win? Is the win to slow the economy? Is the win win to make it so we make less money? I think what Jay is doing is saying, you know what, maybe all the all the books are wrong. Maybe we should let people make a little money. Right now, CEOs make a little money. No, I'm not presenting him as a communist. I'm presenting him as a thoughtful man. Yeah. CEOs make it a fortune. Maybe it's about time that labor made some money. Yeah. Uh, Powell is going to talk today at 1.30 at this uh, town hall, uh, but it's, I think, with educators, and I don't think we're expecting any news, although, I don't know. It's difficult well, to tell. Look, I mean, the first Powell went on Ellen. And, and crush the market. That was not a taper tantrum. That was a, an Ellen tantrum. <laughs> now, but this pal is very seasoned. And he's also someone, I, I never get any credit for being a good man trying to help people. We'll find out more. Obviously, uh, not an easy gig. There's no doubt about that. There's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, it's data and analytics company Spire Global celebrating its listing via SPAC over at the NASDAQ. It is Autonomo, a vehicle data platform. All right, can I just say something right now? I, we have enough analytical data companies that have come public that we can just basically say these are the AAA companies. We have great analytical and data companies. They're out there right now if you want them. Snowflake. Okay, Splunk is good. We've got a ton of them. I can give you, a, I can say Adobe is data. But one comes public every day, and then you take a look at the company stock a few weeks later. It's like, oh, wow. That was, hmm. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Is that, what is that? Um, it's just too much supply. It's not, it's not weakness in enterprise or worries no. about IT oh, CapEx? Yeah, you know, look, I see a lot of companies that are selling at nine times sales. And believe me, I would rather just go buy Salesforce. I mean, much cheaper. Uh, Adobe, much cheaper. But, I mean, here's the kind of thing where I see. You know, 23andMe. All right, well, that's kind of I, – I did 23andMe. Uh, I don't know. just said that basically I am from, from – uh, I'm a human. Uh, but it does – you know, st- sitting on a genome mine. Okay, this is Credit Suisse. Well, you know what? They really can't sit on Genome Mike because it's not a health company. You're not supposed to use it uh, as a way to be able to generate uh, banned cell, Moderna-like vaccines. But I look at the stock, and, well, I mean, the stock has just been a disaster. And this one started with all sorts of fanfare. I really, really liked it. And now it's like, well, get me out of 23andMe. I mean, I I have a 23andMe I did for my dog. It's 40% uh, Australian uh, cattle dog. I mean, how the hell's that? Come on. That, that dog's never been to Australia. Neither's his parents. I mean, give me a break. Some Tasmanian so, something, devil. Something he's, not, he's not told you. I mean, um, come on. I mean, some of these things, it's like, okay, I'm 1%, blah, blah, blah. No. I mean, it proves nothing. But you cannot, you, yes, they do have 1 trillion, I don't mean to pick on them because I happen to think it's a fine company, 1 trillion genotypic, uh, phenotypic data points. Oh, okay. The FDA has said we really don't want them used necessarily. Look, I think they should be used. I think they should find a way to be able to take all of this great stuff. But there's also privacy concerns. Right. I mean, anytime you try to make progress in healthcare, there's so many different uh, ways to be able to make it so you can't. So I just say be careful. What's, once again, 23andMe is not 
uh, Ethereum, right? <laughs> which Ethereum now being the Fort Knox yes. of, yes. of uh, crypto. Uh, you can see we're down 300. Uh, Home Depot is uh, leading the charge yeah. lower, uh, followed by on the S&P, Jim Lowe's, which we are going to get, I think, tomorrow. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I, we just presume that Lowe's is bad, yes. do we? We yes. presume that Marvin Ellison doesn't know what he's doing. We presume that he's got the, the same exact problems as Home Depot. Well, that would be great. That would mean that these two companies are inseparable, which has not been the case in a long time. Right. By the way, I have to tell you, Marvin Ellison uh, has done remarkable things at Lowe's. So what you have is Home Depot is an A student. Gets a B plus. People sell it. Lowe's was a B company. If you get a B plus, you might want to buy Lowe's. Yeah, well, it's been at bridesmaid uh, historically. Yes, but there have been a couple quarters I recall where they actually outperformed. Doesn't yes. happen a lot. Well, Marvin Ellison doesn't have any ability to get appliances better than Home Depot. I was listening to a guest, Dan Ives, this morning talking about how Apple can get chips that nobody else can. That's true. Lowe's cannot necessarily call Whirlpool and say, or Stanley Black and Decker, which completed an acquisition, yep. Yep. and say, you know what, we need. Uh, we want you to take all the drills that you're going to send to Home Depot and send them to Lowe's. It doesn't work like that. Right. But I do think that Walmart has a lot of power. Uh, by the way, the tone is pretty defensive this morning. We had a lot of Kroger's at the top, P&G, oh, Travelers, doing that again. Merck. By the way, Kroger was the one name that uh, Berkshire added to as they trimmed some AbbVie and they trimmed some Bristol and Merck and GM. Yeah, it, Bristol up. It's revenge there. I, look, I can take Rodney McMillan. I've known Rodney for a long time. Uh, he's the CEO of Kroger. And when the stock was at 27, he said, you got to believe in me. And I'm just like, you know, believe in me. Was he like the New York Mets? He's the World Series or something. Uh, but the time was to believe in him. That stock has been a rocket ship. Kroger is a much better company. They managed to be able to localize the stores, which was brilliant. And they're up against the largest grocer in the country, which is Walmart. And they're holding their own. Look at that stock. But, of course, it's ultimately very defensive. Yeah. But I just, I, Health J&J, there's a stock that they can do no wrong. It doesn't matter whether it's talc. It doesn't matter whether it's mesh. It doesn't matter whether it's a shot that, that, like that Walgreens won't take. Yeah. Look at that thing. I mean, that thing is invincible. I, that, that's invincible. It's like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Invincible. And, and kind of flies in the face of at least the perception that it's vaccine underperformed its rivals. It, it's AAA balance sheet, and it had a great quarter. And, and the people keep recognizing it. Great quarter triumphs over the one-shot that Walgreens won't give you. Uh, I know a lot of one-shotters, including my wife, and she's saying, hey, you know what? J&J basically says you're not going to get real sick, so what, what the heck? You got really sick after the second Moderna. Yep. I said, well, I fell asleep on a standing desk. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Never fall asleep at a standing desk is one of the things I've learned in business. <laughs> I do want to ask you about, you know, we talked about Walmart earlier this morning. Amazon, there's a big debate now, right? So Amazon did 21 e-com growth in Q2 right. on a bigger base. So how is that not better than Walmart 6? Uh, Walmart, there are some notes out this morning saying that Walmart is actually gaining on Amazon. I don't find that to be the case, and I am very pro-Walmart. Uh, Amazon is being uniquely considered as, uh, like Home Depot, pass. It was a great thing and everybody who's going to have it has it. And I disagree with that, but it's a very powerful narrative that I can't I certainly can't. This idea that they're seeing market share slippage yes. to to other entrants in e-commerce. Yes, yeah. other direct-to-consumer. I mean, look, everyone's got direct-to-consumer. I am a, I'm not recommending Target right now, right now, but I use Shipt. 
I mean, shipped is just incredible. And it's reflected in the stock. Now, that stock is down four today. But if you look at Target, it looks a lot like Kroger. Who are Target and Kroger? Companies that people wrote off. They decided, you know what, Cornell, there's nothing he could do. And, and McMullen completely not. Rodney McMullen, like, when I talk to him, he's like, I, I say, come on, man, cheer up. Come on. It's, got to, it's better than that. Come on. It's like, hey. It, but he delivered. Yeah. Quietly delivered. Wow. That's amazing. We do have a couple uh, reiterations today, defending names under pressure. Goldman uh, reiterates Tesla buy, Jim. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Stanley reiterates uh, Timo as a top pick. I like that. I mean, look, the big problem that Timo made is it's no longer John Leisure. I mean, John Leisure comes on air and says, hey, those who are selling my stock, you're a bunch of idiots and morons. Why don't you go buy Dumber and Dumb or Dumb and Dumber? Yes. Which, of course, if you take a look at the stocks of Verizon ATT, are horrendous. ATT, by the way, it, it got epoxy to the 28. We should buy get Home Depot, get a lot of epoxy. Look at that thing. It's at 28, 28 and me. 28. It can't go any further. It's not allowed to. There's a lid on it. Hey, yesterday, Disney was down really badly. I thought that was an opportunity after that blowout quarter. I have Bob Chapek on him. Oh, they were 177. And Bob, Bob's got the, listen, if it's uh, COVID, we've got uh, Disney+. Plus. If it's not COVID, we got theme parks. And he did the optionality. In the previous quarter, I thought he emphasized Disney Plus way too much. Now, mm. the problem with a stock like Disney is the conference call is so analyzed and parsed that if he spends, I mean, this time it was like 51% theme park, 49%. I mean, the guy is really expert yes. Disney Plus. Before, it was about 75% Disney Plus. He got trapped into that whole thing like that with ESPN. They got to 100 people, 100 million people, and then it went to 83. It's like sell, sell, sell. No, I thought Chapek proved himself adept. He came on Mad Money. I was he's considered, he's rigorous, and if you want to sell the stock, you gotta remember they have Disney Plus. And by the way, he mentioned Scarlett Johansson. Well, I was gonna say, and it kind of ties to Endeavor, Ari Emanuel on yes. this morning. Uh, we should probably mention uh, right. we are clients, the, yes. I think the two of us. Uh, but he talked about deals being rewritten. Uh, I know they're not a Scarlett, I don't think they represent Scarlett Johansson, but that that back end comp is gonna get worked out. Yes, and that's something that I think Chapek was hitting at. I, I do believe you get these situations that seem like it's uh, civil war, and it, it's really not. These are just a bunch of rich people trying to make you more money. Right. Uh, again, I'm not really referencing angles, but that's kind of what's and, going Endeavor on. did they did raise their guide uh, <laughs> for the year on on continued confidence about live events, UFC. Um, right. Now, Ari finally got through. I mean, now, again, I'm a client, too, and I've been watching the stock has been going down while the fundamentals have been going up. But again, uh, in Ari's defense, it's one of, um, what, 300 companies that have come public and you don't really have really great coverage. I mean, there's a company called Core in Maine came public today and it's, it's water, it's infrastructure. And Steve Tusa wrote about it. The uh, genius at J.P. Morgan. And I use that term lightly. And what's really interesting about Core in Maine is it's got a business. It's not an analytic service that finds out whether you're using games a lot in third-party analysis that's going to be hurt by IDFA. It's actually a business. And by the way, SE, if you want gaming, jeez, I mean, that is just worldwide gaming, but really based in, you know, Singapore. Uh, people, well, the stock's up five. I find that we're, we're getting a lot of things like Outbreak. All right. Now, Outbrain, we all know, is at the bottom of you're looking at a story and it's got something that's completely prurient or salacious and you got to click on it. And that's Outbrain. All right. If it's not Tabula, they both came public at the same time. I have a Jeffries piece that is a um, that frankly is kind of lukewarm on on Outbrain. And I got a Needham piece that is liking it. They're the exact same thing. 
I mean, honestly, there's like nothing more to say. It's like, hey, I mean, this is the problem with all the new companies. Yeah, you, you've been making this point Outbrain. a couple days. Outbrain. This one's neutral. This one's buy. What do we do? Right. Because buy J&J. Because the street's inability to do rigorous work on the surfeit of new issues. Oh, that's why I thought that Tusa taking on that was really pr- rather amazing. Yeah. I mean, he covers real companies. And I'm like, Cord Maine, but I said, oh, maybe Cord Maine's real. At first, I thought it was, I, I, I thought it was a woman's power company. Because we have like seven different women's apparel companies, and most of them are recycled uh, or, or borrowed by someone else. I mean, when I was growing up, the last thing I ever wanted was to wear somebody else's clothes, well, let alone a hand-me-down. Now we got all these companies. It's like it's very environmental. Environmental? Why? It goes to a landfill. I've been to a landfill. I've been to the waste management landfill. Yep. Of course, I think I, I have too. Yes, and I I have helped. I've you know got hit by a little pit, uh, a little pigeon, you know, a, a seagull. They, they, they do <laughs> yes. that. It's supposed to be good luck. But at the same time, I mean, that's the gen, that's been a big theme that I've had to deal with on Mad Money, which is clothes that you somebody else wore and how great you are to get theirs. I don't know. How does that make you great? I, 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 what did you like? You say you clean in plastic out of the Pacific? <laughs> I mean, honestly, what is that doing? Why is that an ethos? Now, I had Suntory last night on that's Jim Beam, and they're committed a lot to be able to wipe out the plastic. Look at Coke. The, yeah, Coke is Coke's too. done a huge amount of work. Coke's, on yeah, and some of these companies are doing uh, ESG. They're not greenwashing. I love that term. Uh, I'm always looking for the greenwashers so I yep. can expose them. Yep. But there are a lot of companies that are actually committed because they actually want to be able to attract anyone young to go work right. there. And it's a priority for a lot of that, that investor base. Yes. Um, we haven't touched on Michael Burry's new short of, oh, uh, of Kathy, Kathy Wood. Wood. Does this move the needle at all? Yeah. I mean, no more than me kind of got blown away by. Uh, I mean, how do you do there on the, the crypto there? Uh, look, a guy who's got it right uh, could get it right again. I think that Kathy Wood is a genius. Uh, she knows a lot of companies. They're not necessarily companies I want to own. But when people say to me, Jim, I want to be with Kathy Wood for the next five years, I don't fight them. Because the next five years may be her, that is her time frame. So let's give her her time frame. Let's not say she's wrong about her time frame. Uh, maybe her stock selection. But uh, her time frame, a lot of these genetics companies, the, ge- the genome companies, I believe in those. It's just that they seem expensive to me. But if you get one or two of them and they hit, boom. I mean, like she got, you know, she had that farm equipment company. Well, it wasn't really farm equipment. It was like, I don't know, great innovation. Uh-huh. But they, uh, she bought this company, Raven, and it got a bid from, uh, you know, Publair, buys it. And suddenly I say to myself, you know what? She's... Smarter than the average bull. Yes. And I uh, enjoy listening to her. I look at the what she bought the night, the night, you know, comes out. And I say to myself, wait a second. I mean, what is she doing buying that? And then you dig a little bit. You say, OK, well, you know, if everything works out, maybe they got something. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't want to short her. Uh, I don't. I just think that's too. I think it's too glib. I think that presumes that she's a blowhard who doesn't do any homework. That's not true. What she does is she buys stocks that you and I might not want to buy because, holy cow, we're afraid of losing 40 percent. She's not. Yeah. I got to uh, hand it to her. Well, she's been really resolute in her view that technology specifically is going to be disinflationary. Right. I think she she's warned dead, you about dead right. She's warned you about getting into, say, oil at higher prices than this. Dead right. Uh, I mean, what do we have to do to prove that I mean, she's not just Tesla? She's not just a one-trick pony. Now, there was a moment where I said her stocks are going to go down, and that happened. But this is a kind of a moment where I also think she's, she may be overpaying. Uh, but I, I find that what's happening is 
to make the big bet against her is, is just not where I'm going. One more point. We mentioned crude. Uh, OPEC Plus is really pushing back on these requests to stem or reverse production cuts. Uh, and I, I just wonder where you think, given what we've already heard about retail. They love this price. They're fine. Everybody's good. Uh, I, I, it just everybody is good. I want to be sure I correct CNH, but Raven, not, not players. They're enemies. Uh, I, look, I look at oil like this. Uh, the United States is happy. The, the, our producers are very happy. They're happy over there. The Russians seem to be happy. Our government is not. It, it, it's just not playing a role. I keep watching for Venezuela. I've got to tell you, Venezuela used to, is the largest repository of oil in the world. If they get a real government and it becomes not a failed state, that's why maybe the futures start showing that oil goes back to the 50s and the out years. Mm. Maybe they know something. Uh, so I'm not uh, I, I worry about oil. Look, I, I call the top of oil. I'm sticking by it. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one of your good ones. Right, thank one you. Of your best I got some year. terrible ones, so don't worry. We can balance those. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll remember that day. Uh, in the meantime, obviously some pronounced weakness. Dow continues to be down about 300. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. Uh, three stories today, really. Uh, Delta, China, and a lot of peak everything stories sort of floating around. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Take a look at the sectors today. And obviously uh, the consumer discretionary retail week uh, on Home Depot, Lowe's, Gap's also down. So the clothing stores are down. Bank's a little weak. Tech's flattish. And you see defensive basically here. Healthcare, uh, consumer staples uh, doing well. Kroger, Clorox, the usual suspects uh, there. What about peak everything? You can see it. People are passing around the uh, the numbers for the retail sales uh, numbers showing how confusing everything is on retail sales. So clothing, for example, this is month over month, uh, down 2.6. Sporting goods down, department stores weak. What happened to the rebound here? Internet sales down. Bars and restaurants, though, my favorite indicator, though, uh, was I should say up 1.7. Sorry about that. Up 1.7 for bars and restaurants. This is very hard to read this because of the, the confusion around the variant. How much is it really messing with the reopening? And the answer is it's messing it w- with it a little bit for sure. Uh, not necessarily a lot. We just don't know how long it's going to continue. Same thing with Home Depot. We get this argument, and Jim's absolutely right. These are great numbers out of Home Depot. Comp store sales up four and a half. Okay, we were expecting five. Uh, operating margins went up, by the way, 20 basis points. This operating margins are still terrific for them. The transaction, see, this is a proxy for the traffic. This is the peak everything story. Everyone says, aha, you see, not as many people going into the store. All right, yeah. Average ticket was up, though, very nicely. Thank you very much for that. So, you know, the important thing is just to see what's going on uh, up 11.3% for, for the average ticket. Those are pretty good numbers. Here's the problem with Home Depot. It's beating the Dow, for the, beating the S&P for the last two years, and year to date it's up 26%. It's a consistent earnings grower. P.E. is very consistent on this company. 20, 21, 22, somewhere around there. It's got a higher P.E. than Lowe's. That's the problem. So it plays into the peak everything story, and they say, well, how much better can it get, even though the numbers are still excellent. And that's what's so frustrating about this. You have excellent numbers and you still fall into the cynical, well, it's just peak everything story, essentially. Another peak everything story. Did you see the global fund managers? We follow this every month from Merrill Lynch. It's full of peak everything sentiment, essentially. Peak growth. Most of them feel that this is the peak growth period, peak profit period. Importantly, they also feel it's in peak inflationary expectations. 
65% of those surveyed said inflation is indeed going to be transitory. Uh, and 84% did say they felt there was going to be tapering before the year end. So a mixed bag. But again, playing into the peak everything story. The China stock story, I think, is a very important one because you're getting double barrel shot here from both regulators on both sides. You heard about the China regulators uh, drafting guidelines to prevent the Internet companies uh, from engaging in anti-competitive practices. But of course, Gensler's broadside, which he released late yesterday uh, in, a, in a video, uh, Gary Gensler, the SEC, specifically saying, let me just make everybody aware, and we all are aware of this, uh, that you actually don't own a Chinese company, that you, when you buy a Chinese IPO here in the United States, you're actually owning a shell company, more likely in the Cayman Islands. And that's a quote from Gary Gensler. Uh, and he's actually asked the SEC to pause on any new China IPO listings until they meet the regulatory disclosures about risks that he wants them to engage in. So, Carl, what you've got here is another continuing double-barrel move from the regulators on the China side and on the U.S. side, and you see the pressure that's putting on the Chinese stocks. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thank you. Uh, Bob Bassani. Coming up in the next hour, BHP, as you know, selling its oil and gas arm to Australia's oh, wow. Woodside Petroleum in that $28 billion That's a billion great booking. He's a really important man right now. Yep. We're going to talk about it with BHP's Mike Henry. First, though, a look at the bond report. Uh, yields have been pushed all over the map this morning. Uh, got depressed on the retail sales number, recovered on the industrial production number. Right now, 10-year, right around two and a quarter, one and a quarter. And uh, although we got weakness on equities, Apple, all-time Hi, we're back in a moment. Let's get stopped trading with Jim. My name is Brian Chesky, and I want to say that I had a great quarter, and people will even like it more because now, because unfortunately, the Delta variant, more people are going to go back to doing what they did before. Thank you very much. Okay, if Brian Chesky had said that, that stock would actually be up. And they're sitting today, raising target price, but maintaining neutral. I thought they should have go positive. Uh, I think Brian's doing an amazing job. I like Airbnb more than any hotel during this period because I can bring my own Clorox and clean everything. It's just fantastic. Don't have to be an elevator. I wish he had been more of a cheerleader. Leader, that's not his stock. Right. So he'll hire me and I'll get the stock higher. I, I, did, I did notice I think Morgan Stanley also goes 125 to 140. So this a is an amazing yeah. story. And it is a winner during Delta. People do not like to stay in hotels during a pandemic. So I want Brian to be a little more upbeat. Brian, I know you want to speak with me, and I apologize if you think I was being too positive. <laughs> <laughs> What's tonight? All right, I got Roblox. I remember, I'm telling you, I'm going with this July number that's okay. I've got United, uh, what you, you get this UWM, which is a United, uh, not so good a wholesaler stock price, but good at what it does. In other words, the stock went down. They claim a good quarter. And then Michael Tattersfield, remember, you get a free donut if you get vaccinated. To me, the way the stock actually is giving away all the donuts for free. Yeah. That's what's happening. You look, you have to see, we have so many new companies, no sponsorship, no way of knowing things. These are all fine companies, but uh, SPAC, UWMC was a SPAC. But if you take a look at, Dunk, at Dunkin' Donuts, it's private. And then <laughs> these guys went public. We don't maybe want donut companies. Yeah. But down back to 14, not long after wow. the IPO. We'll wow. see you at six, Jim. Mad money. We're going to be somewhere else, maybe? We're going to do it from a helicopter blade? Let's go blade. They don't really vaccinate now. Mad money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. More Squawk on the Street continues from the NYC after this. <laughs>
You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.